One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, and welcome back to the Train a Happy podcast. My name is Tally Rye, and this is the podcast that helps you have a feel good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. I don't normally say good day when I do my little podcast intro, but in honor of this week's guest, I thought it was appropriate. I am chatting to Bella Davis, who is a content creator from down under, from Australia, who is all about body acceptance, self care, confidence. And we had such a cool conversation. We really got into her relationship with her own body image, eating disorder recovery. We spoke about body hair and we spoke about being naked. And we just had so many great conversations about the pressures around aging and, you know, people's choices to get Botox and stuff like that. We had such a varied conversation around body image. I loved it. I think you're going to love this episode too. But before we get into that, let's of course course hear from this week's train happy trooper of the week this week's train happy moment comes from listener ellen who sent in via our whatsapp hey i first heard you on the go love yourself podcast shout out laura and lauren we love them we love the go love yourself podcast which i absolutely love and it has given me so much when i was listening to the way we could play with exercise which i thought was great so i joined zumba i absolutely love it And I no longer see it as, quote, exercise. I see it as I enjoy it. I say movement a lot more now and just changing words has been such a great turnaround for me. Thanks, Ellen. You know what? I love this train happy moment because that is one of the easiest things we can do to change the way we view movement is by changing our vocabulary from exercise to movement. Uh, when I'm working with people, I all, I'm always saying, let's not talk about it as exercise right now. Further down the line, exercise can be a neutral term, but when exercise has been so linked to punishment and a chore and restriction and dieting, and when it's been linked to things that you don't enjoy doing, it comes with such loaded connotation that it still, it doesn't help us embrace a new way of thinking about movement and so when I use movement I think it really is just a term that is so much broader to describe moving our bodies because in in an intuitive movement paradigm all movement counts and I think when we think of exercise we think of it has lots of rules about what counts there's lots of shoulds you know it has to be in the gym it has to be super intense I have to get really hot and sweaty and all the rest of it whereas movement is so much more all-encompassing and can be around you know anything from hoovering cleaning your house to walking your dog to dancing with your friends on a night out to you know doing a yoga class and running 5k 
all of those things are movement and I think it really helps us neutralize movement again and just help it feel a little bit less loaded and and let go a lot of the, the history that we have with it so we can move forward with a new positive approach. So thank you, Ellen, for sharing that. If you have a train happy moment you want to share with us, then please get in touch via our WhatsApp. You can send us a message or you can send us a voice note, which we really love, to 075-999-27537. And if you put a plus 44 in front of that, if you're an international listener, you'll get us. So we wanna hear from you, get in touch, We want to share your train happy moments as always. But enough from me for now. Let's hear from the lovely Bella for this big body image conversation. Bella, thank you so much. I know you're staying up late to chat with us all the way in Australia. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So I was doing my research for this chat. I've kind of gone way back through your Instagram feed. And I was looking to see that you have been sharing body image content and sort of anti-diet content since about like 2020. Yeah. And I was just really curious, like what was the catalyst? Because from what I could see, it was like, this was your usual Instagram. And then one day you were like, fuck diets, (laughs) (laughs) fuck this. (laughs) I need to make a stand. And I just really loved, I just really loved it. I was like, oh, something's happened here. Like, I'm just curious, like what was that catalyst to go like, I need to be talking about this. I think it was, it was in lockdown and I was just scrolling my own Instagram feed and I was just so sick of seeing all the diets and everyone being like, you have to come out of lockdown looking this certain way and you have to be, uh, you know, your fitness version of yourself. Like use this time wisely, use this time to get thinner, to get healthier. And I was so sick of it. I think I was just like, by myself, living by myself at the time. And I was just like, no, fuck this. I'm just going to um, not do that. And I'm going to upload a photo of myself on my own feed. And I'd always like edited, filtered, photoshopped my images before this. So I'm sure it was like a shock to my friends and family at the time. But I was like, I'm just going to upload a photo. I think it was in a bikini or underwear. I can't remember. Um, of my legs unedited and I I can't even remember what the first place was I'm not gonna lie but I think I was it was something like cellulite is normal this is what my legs look like and that's that that's kind of how it started more like my own little diary but I still think it is funny that it happened on my own personal account yeah like I'm just gonna go with this and it must be interesting for your family and friends because they're like well we naturally know what your body looks like but it was like in some ways it's not a shock for them to see cellulite or see like this legs because they're like well we've seen you in real life like we know what you look like actually it's probably been quite odd being like she doesn't she's looking a little bit more like smooth and airbrushed Mm. than usual (laughs) don't you think like it's kind of weird how we how we kind of think about filters is like wow we're really deceiving everyone and they'll never know about this and yet like in real life you you just are you. I think at the time I thought I was fooling everyone, but like this is what I look like. <laughs> I think like. everyone does. Yes. I think so too. It's like when people reach out to me and they're like, I, I'm ashamed to wear a bikini in front of my friends or whatever else. I'm like, but your friends know what you look like already. Like yeah. they see your body. They know what you look like. You don't need to be 
like feel insecure about that. But yeah, I think I just thought, you know, that I was fooling everyone. But it's so funny that you say that because they probably would have been thinking what you what you said that well, like, yeah she looks I, like I know those legs yeah exactly <laughs> so funny um and yeah so you were you were started really sharing stuff and I presume there had been maybe a bit of a I don't say battle was quite a strong word but like a battle with your body image and and maybe leading up to that obviously using filters um I've seen like online you've spoken a lot about relationship with food and your relationship with your body what was it like prior to 2020? What like set the scene for us? Where were you at before you were like, fuck this? Yeah, so in 2016, I um, developed an eating disorder. So I, um, I was struggling with an eating disorder for about five years. It was really hard. It got at its like peak, um, like probably 2017, 2018, when I was really struggling and I had to reach out for help because it was getting so bad, so obsessive. But after that, I was still, even though I was in recovery, I was still, you know, yo-yo dieting and everything else. I wasn't struggling so much with like the other sides of an eating disorder. Like I had lost my, like my hair was falling out and my memory is foggy, but I was still, you know, yo-yo dieting because I thought that was the idea of health. So I was still chasing health. And I was like, well, if I want to be healthy and the best version of myself I have to try this diet I have to try that so in some way I didn't think it was so bad because I was like well I haven't got the eating disorder anymore I'm just trying to be healthy so I was still doing all of that still body checking still obsessing over my body still over exercising so I think for like yeah years after like four years I was struggling and then it took me lockdown to kind of, you know, reset my mind frame and actually be like, why am I doing this? Like, this doesn't bring me joy. Like, eating this doesn't bring me joy. Um, it's not fulfilling me. Uh, over-exercising isn't bringing me joy as well. Like, I'm unhappy going to the gym for two hours a day. Like, I don't, this, this doesn't make me happy. And lockdown was just really helpful for me in a way. I know it sounds silly to say that, but like, it was helpful for me to actually take a break from the gym and take a break from the dieting. And because I wasn't able to get to a gym, I was just walking for like pleasure and I was starting to try different foods and I was starting to cook again because everyone was cooking online. It was like exciting and fun. And I fell in love with like food again. And I fell in love with like moving my body um, in ways that brought me joy instead of punishment mm. and then obviously my body was changing because I wasn't you know exercising for three hours a day and restricting what I was eating and I was just eating for joy as well as you know nutrition and then through that through my body changing I actually started to embrace that change and be like you know what like there's a pandemic happening People are losing their lives. It's awful. Like it's so sad. I'm so grateful to be healthy. I'm so grateful that I have my health mm. and that's what I need to be thankful for. Like my body is getting me through this pandemic. Like I'm not going to belittle it. I'm not going to judge it. Um, I'm not going to compare it. And I just started to accept it and be a little bit kinder to it. And that's how it really, really started for me. I think a lot of people resonate with this through eating sort of recovery you can you can like recover from the initial bit and then there's almost like this 
faux recovery where you're like I'm not diet I'm not actively doing you know all the eating disorder stuff but I am still micromanaging a lot yeah and I'm just gonna do it in this thing and I think often that's a journey to people to that's like a, a stop on the way to a greater recovery but you're right there's a lot of diet culture and sort of the diet wellness industry that can really normalize that yeah. and I like you say it takes time to to get to that point yourself doesn't it it gets time yes. to go hang on a second this is still quite restrictive and this is still there's still rules and limits around what I'm allowing myself to do and not allowing myself to do and you know it's interesting how this pandemic has I think changed so much for so many people yeah. and it sounds like this this was a chance for you to kind of stop and reevaluate and go hang on a second like what do I want to do exactly it was a hundred percent that because it allowed me to kind of just like relax a little bit as well and yeah you know connect to my body I didn't have to worry too much about people seeing my body um and me judging my own body because of that as well I kind of just had to sit with this body and try and be okay with it and try and accept it and try and be kind to it, which was something I'd never done before, you know, like I was never happy with my body. I was never at peace with my body. I was always wanting to change something. Like I was like no amount of weight is enough. Um, have to get to this, I have to get to this, I have to get to this. And when I would get to this, I wouldn't be happy with that. Um, so I think it just allowed me to, yeah, relax and take the time to reflect on why I was doing all this stuff, the dieting and the um, obsession and the over-exercising because I was like, it's not bringing me joy. And if anything I've learned is I have to be grateful for my life, my body, and I have to do things that bring me joy from here on out. I love that philosophy. Obviously, this is Train Happy Podcast. It's all about joy (laughs) and and like doing, yeah, doing what feels good because it doesn't feel good to like be restricting and and doing all those things. And so, so since twenty twenty, obviously, you've been sharing a lot of this journey online. You know, one thing I'm curious about is you are based in Australia, and I think there's even greater pressure on sort of bikini bodies, and um, you you know, just the nature of you living in a coastal town mm. in a hot country um, compared to where, you know, <laughs> the UK, which we don't spend that much time <laughs> in a swimsuit unless we're going abroad. <laughs> I am. I know that there can be a lot of pressure and in some ways the kind of body acceptance space and these sort of conversations, well, from an outsider's perspective, feel like maybe Australia's a little bit slower to kind of mm-hmm. pick up on this stuff? Yes, 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 yes. It is. It's really slow to pick up on anything, but especially body acceptance and, uh, uh, you know, normalising normal bodies, accepting fat bodies, accepting all types of bodies. Australia is so slow on it. Um, our fashion industries, our fitness industries, um, we're so slow on it compared to the UK because I, I find it's really funny. I feel like I have more followers in the UK than I do in Australia. And, Interesting. Yeah, and more like, you know, people I connect with are from the UK. I found that weird at first, but I'm like, it's because Australia is so slow um, on this train. And I feel like the UK is a lot further ahead than Australia is. And maybe you're right, maybe it is because 
you know, we're quite coastal summer, like a lot of the time, it's warm a lot of the time. Uh, so there's that extra pressure possibly. I don't know what it is though. I think that's all I can put it down to. Once again, from an outsider's perspective, <laughs> I feel yeah. like with Australia, there's like when I think of wellness, I think of Australians, you know, just even from the influencers I see and things like that. And I, the people I know who have like the biggest followings over there in this sort of mm. health and wellness space, they're very like thin and white, yeah. able-bodied people who, you know, and that really kind of upholds a lot. So that's what we think of when we think of health and fitness and you know what's beautiful and what's accepted and so you know for you to go like oh I do not like this and I'm sure there's a ton of people living in Australia and I I know there are listeners in Australia um, and I wonder if they would agree that I mean same with the UK I mean we have such diverse body shapes and sizes Mm. and backgrounds I think we have in some ways you know if we think of like inclusive marketing campaigns and things like there has been a more of an effort to for inclusivity and diversity I do think there has that that effort is being made um and I just wonder I don't know if people are quite uh I don't know less less inclined to kind of really push the mold of of what is seen as kind of accepted and and worthy and included in in the media as well you know yeah I couldn't agree anymore like 110 percent I agree with that so much so in terms of growing body hair and sharing that online one thing I did find in my research was a daily star article about this um and it was like woman grows out her bikini line and <laughs> like shock shock that that might be something a woman might want to do the fact that it made a headline is hilarious to me how did you feel about that have you I presume you've seen the article I presume you've seen kind of the conversation around all of this yeah I think someone sent it to me and I laughed it was so funny um the headlines are always hilarious um but I was just like we all have body hair I don't understand how this makes the Daily Star, like we all have body hair. Um, it's human, it's normal, it's natural. We all have it. Uh, I just don't understand it. Like I think it's a conversation around body hair is still so taboo though. Um, people still feel so much shame, embarrassment, disgust about body hair, about seeing body hair. Fe- like I would say people who identify as female, especially people really aren't bothered with uh, male body hair at all um, but they're just so shocked um, when they see a woman with body hair like it's the most bizarre thing but I guess thinking back maybe I was shocked as well when I first saw photos of women embracing their body hair and accepting it proudly accepting it if they were in a bikini or lingerie and maybe I was shocked too I probably was I was probably like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. But I remember thinking it was quite liberating and being like, wow, this is incredible. Like, I wonder what it feels like to not shave. That must be mm. great. Like, to not have to worry if your legs aren't perfectly um, shaved to go to the beach. To not have to worry if, if your arm, arm hairs aren't properly shaved. Like, that must be 
a really great feeling because I used to feel so much shame and, you know, making sure I was like perfectly shaven when intimate and like getting in there with a razor and like right before being like, I'll have to make sure everything's good. And I do remember, yeah, feeling quite uh, liberated by seeing other women embracing theirs but scared to embrace my own. Mm, I don't know about you, but the messaging I got around it growing up was like, oh, that really smelly feminist who (laughs) lets her up, like if you let your your arm hairs grow long, then that's kind of unhygienic and, you know, you're like one of those sort of annoying feminist people and (laughs) that was just so the strong association, like it was just so steeped in misogyny and from definitely like a male perspective of of what's deemed attractive in a in a woman in a cis woman and I think what this process I think of kind of letting go of diet culture healing from an eating disorder all these things is it teaches us to challenge these beauty Mm. standards challenge like who decided that you get to have hair and I don't exactly who get you know who decided what is considered beautiful and what is not who is setting those standards and more often than not is set by men yes and it it kind of <laughs> all comes back to the patriarchy and that you know there's such a rebellious part of us that is like I'm not playing by mm-hmm. rules I'm not doing this like I can think for myself I can make these decisions do you think a lot of it was like just, like I said, putting the middle finger up to the patriarchy? Oh, 100%. I feel like a lot of what I do is because of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 100%. I was just like so sick of being told how to look. Um, and also I grew up watching the same, you know, shaving ads time and time again, like yeah. oh, you shave your legs, you're beautiful, you're worthy. Oh, you have to do it. I was like, that's not realistic. Like I'm left with razor bumps. I'm left with like patches that I forgot to shave. Like this is not realistic. And I just want to, you know, like I want to experience what it feels like to not shave. And I just did that. That's all I did to start with. I was like, I was like watching my underarm hairs grow and I was like, oh, they're getting so long. I could like stroke them now. It's kind of exciting. And I was like, oh, my God, I've never gone this long without shaving my underarms because I used to shave them on rotation, I swear, like every two days. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was just cool. It was just fun. And I still do that now. Like sometimes I still do choose to shave, um, but only when I really want to now and very rarely. Um, But it's just, I don't know, it's liberating. It really is. Like, And you realise, you know, your body hair, isn't dirty it's natural it's human it's supposed to grow and you might even learn to like it um or at least just accept it anyways I think the big thing as well is it's one less thing to worry about oh yes one less thing to be thinking about of like oh have I done this have I done that have I you know it's just another thing to kind of take off the the checklist of all the things we have to think about in terms of how we present ourselves right I couldn't agree anymore and I think Also, like I'd been so manipulated, brainwashed by the patriarchy, yeah, to think I was unworthy, unattractive with body hair. So I think it was really nice for me to take some ownership back of my own body and, you know, be like I'm not any less attractive or any less worthy for having body hair. It's normal. If you're allowed to have it, 
I'm allowed to have it. So I think it was just really nice for me to do that and like learn to accept it that way because I was like, why do I hate it so much? Like I only hate it because I've been told to hate it. I only hate it because I've been told it's unattractive. Uh, but is it really? Or is that just what I've been told? And that was really good to challenge that idea as well and like to figure that out and to figure out that, you know what? No, I actually don't hate it. I've just been made to believe this way. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And I imagine throughout this whole process, and I've seen you kind of discuss it online as well, that often when you're in this process of kind of letting go of these beauty standards and you kind of just feel less and less bound to these rules and you just become increasingly more comfortable in your body, that really transfers into intimate life. And it's something I've discussed on the podcast for myself in that, you know, I've never been more confident naked, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Because I just, I don't know, like I, I'm not thinking about these things and I've been much smaller and yeah. much less confident naked. And I just wonder what your experience with that has been like. Yeah. So at first I remember being nervous. I think like if it was like intimacy with body hair, I remember being nervous about it. Uh, I remember having all the same fears um, I had of like being like, oh, I need to be shaven. It's not, it's unattractive. It's unhygienic. Oh, someone's going to get grossed out by this. Um, and I remember thinking that it was going through my head, going through my head. But then I had to keep reminding myself that like, no, it's not gross. It's not dirty. It's not unattractive. But it was, it was hard. I won't lie about that. Like it was hard and it was pushing a boundary that I and a wall that I'd built up over time but it was just relearning and retraining my mind I think um and just reframing how I felt around body hair um because like I said it was uncomfortable and I was nervous that my partner was gonna be like what the fuck um but obviously he didn't he doesn't care um but don't you find that interesting as well like <laughs> you think this all these things about your partner and like at the end of the day they don't care no they don't well care. in my experience like some you know I used to be so self-conscious like oh no I haven't prepared myself Same. kind of you know I'm not like I'm not ready I'm not ready yeah and catch me off guard and now it's just like honestly 
It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm like, they're lucky to be near my body. So totally. <laughs> they win. Totally. <laughs> and I think the right, you know, the right person, like, really doesn't care. No, I agree. You know, they they just, they they love you and they're into you as a person. Yes. And kind of whatever form that takes. Exactly. It sh- it's not a big deal. Exactly. Because it's you that they're into, you know. Yes, and I think you're right. Like, the more... Um, my body was changing in terms of like letting myself grow my body hair. Um, I was becoming more accepting of that and more confident within my body, which was really exciting because I'd never felt like that before. And it was cool to challenge everything I've been told to believe about body hair and like just learn to accept it myself. It was just nice. It was like freeing, freeing of like these beauty standards I've been brought up to believe um, with God, like, and now being like, no, they're bullshit, like they're trash. Mm. My body's allowed to exist as it is. So it's really nice sometimes pushing against what society tells you to do. I find it very thrilling. (laughs) You know how they say rules are made to be broken, right? There's like this inner rebel in all of us. Yes. Yeah, and we just want to kind of go like, no, I'm doing it my way. And I've always been quite strong-minded and strong-willed and (laughs) I think that's probably part of it as well of like, no, I'm doing it how I want to do it. Thank you very much. I won't be told. Um, I think that appeals to that side of my nature. And it sounds like it does for you as yes, well. Yes, 100%. I just was sick of being told how to like look, um, what is beautiful, what isn't beautiful. Um, and I still challenge those ideas every day, especially with like aging, I think. Like it's a big, yes. it's a big one. That's that like, is a big one. Yeah, we're being like, you know, marketed anti-aging creams every single day and I'm still like within myself challenging that like you know it's a struggle I think it's like you you know I don't know about you but like all of my friends are like considering Botox or some of them have had Botox and we're in our 20s and I'm just like oh my god we're but like we're so young <laughs> and then they're like oh yeah but you need to do it now because like you don't want preventative wrinkles. botox yes they're like you don't want wrinkles when you're 30 40 and I'm like I have no problem with people doing whatever they want to do with their body like no problem anyone getting like cosmetic surgery whatever makes you happy but I just want to challenge the idea of aging and why we find it so shameful especially for women like it's seen as like this like really bad thing like but thing that's going to happen to everyone and you can't stop aging you can't stop the aging process every day I think like when I see a new wrinkle or whatnot I'm just like oh that's like it's supposed to be there like great it's a it's a blessing to age but then you know you have that voice in the back of your mind that's like oh maybe I need to get that Botox like everyone else is getting but then I'm like no but you know what like it's nice to see people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, looking like they are. I agree. And it's so, you know, I'm early 30s now. Yeah. And I'm also getting married next year. And I've also, thank you. (laughs) I've also seen a lot of the the pressure. You know, I saw like a bride talking through like her wedding expenses and like genuinely thousands of her budget was going on her Botox leading up to her wedding day. Wow. I think this is how much pressure like, you know, wedding stuff and we talk about this and I have another series called Anti-Diet Bride and we talk about it on there but I think it's just becomes even more heightened at this A in your kind of early 30s and B for like these big life events Mm. of like you know you've got to 
yeah, get the Botox. And I even saw some stuff recently about how, you know, like, and this is a TikTok thing, less so an Instagram thing, because I think Instagram can be that bit more curated around how fillers can like, if you do fillers really well, like they really subtly change the shape of your face and, you know, they make you, and like this person, like the before and after, like it was really like good. Like this was like good work when you're like, wow, this person has made, and then I'm like, but if I suddenly start changing the shape of my face, I am no longer, I no longer have my parents' features. I no longer have my ancestral me. Yes. You know, I no longer have that. I'm just trying to change it to look like everyone else. And I don't, I want to be part of my mom, part of my dad. I want to be part, look like my grandparents. I don't want to eradicate all the things that make me look like me and instead look, look like everyone else. But it's so enticing when you're like, wow, yes. that, that was actually really good. They just did a little, that was very subtle and it looks very classy. And I think a lot of us know a lot about the body stuff. It's like neck down. I think a lot, especially people listen to this podcast, I know within my friends as well. It's like, there is a general consensus of like, yeah, this is fucked up. Yeah. The pressures that are on our body to be thin. And I think those same pressures are being put into us to not age. Yes. And it's all the same it's the same energy. It's the same people deciding what is beauty and that youth is beauty. Mm-hmm. It's the same people who are deciding that thin bodies are better than fat bodies. Yeah. It's the same thing. And yet it feels like we have a, have a lot of progress around our bodies and yet our faces are like, it's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard, isn't it? And like, I don't know if that or well, has a lot to do with filters, actually. I was going to say, I don't think it has yes, a lot to do. I think it has a lot to do with filters. Um, and just, like, all the anti-aging products. Like, sometimes I'm, like, going into Sephora or something, I just want, like, a nice face oil or whatever else, and it's, like, Target sprinkles. And I'm just, like, oh, like, I feel bad buying this product now because I'm, like, oh, it says it's Target sprinkles, but, like, everyone's buying it and then I'm just like isn't that just awful like the subtle ways they shame you for aging men are allowed to age yes they are men get gray hair men mm-hmm. are you know they're they're silver foxes they're yep. they're not you know held to the same standard where it's like JLo's 50 oh my goodness like JLo's 50 years old like look at her at 50 um, yeah they always do yeah that. and it's just like okay well now we're all trying to now we feel like as women we have to look like JLo at 50 rather than I you know I don't know the show I know it's an American thing but if you had like the golden girls yes yes I have yeah and they were all, you know, like perms and blouse, <laughs> yeah. blouses and like kind of how you like your grandma dressed. And they were in their 50s when that show started. Were they? they were in their 50s. Yeah. So they were in their 50s when that show started. If you think of like that kind of classic view of what all our grandparents look like. Yeah. And now our 50-year-olds are like J-Lo. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, things have changed. Yes, oh, my <laughs> and God. And we have to somehow keep up. Yeah, we do, like, which is just so hard. Like, I I think that's the one thing, like you said before, that I struggle with the most, just, like, wanting to allow myself to age but then feeling the pressure from society and beauty mm, standards and yeah. everyone else around you really like being like oh but you can't age because I feel like everyone I know has tried Botox or everyone I know has been wanting to same yeah really 
and Same. especially in the influencer space I've had so many people say to me like yeah like everyone gets it like everyone if, if someone's an influencer online they've probably had Botox and I think a lot of them probably have yeah and you know I don't judge those people Neither. because I think you know I kind of say like don't hate the player hate the game yeah like I send the energy towards the patriarchal beauty standards that make us think that it's not okay for us to age but yeah like it is becoming so more normal and you know I just I think for me like if I'm doing this work for me on a personal level it just doesn't align with my values and it just doesn't align with um, all the work I've done on my you know accepting my body Mm. and it might align with other people's values and that is fine but just on a personal level I think for me I've kind of really come to the decision like I'm happy looking the age I am because this is my age that is right my dad died in his 50s like you know I want to look yeah my age I want to get there and be like yeah it's there are people who never make it to that point and they want to you know they they want to look their age because they you know they got there and it is a privilege like it's a privilege to have crow's feet and smile lines you know it really is like I always think of all like the memories and the smile lines um that your face is a map like and it shares your life experiences like every line tells a story and I really like that and I think that makes me uh feel more comfortable with all like the lines because I'm like oh thinking of it like that it's just so nice (laughs) I love that your lines are like it's like a map I love that like the map of your life exactly exactly totally and there is um one Australian influence I can think of who's actually been very vocal about this and it's Madeline Georgetta I think that's how you say it yes um because she had famously made loads of YouTube videos like here's all the things I get done to my face you know loads of filler and Botox and lip filler and all the rest of it and then has since stopped doing all those things really and has really yeah and has written quite a lot about it um and and shared quite a lot about it so I think that's someone for people to kind of if they're just interested in some for someone who's kind of been there done it and then changed their mind what that process was like because I also think there's this belief that once you start doing filler and Botox that you're doing that for the rest of your life yeah. which is another thing that puts me off like I don't want to do something and then feel like I'm paying thousands every year to try and upkeep something me too um <laughs> that stresses me out. Yes, um on like a financial level <laughs> um but yeah her deciding like I don't want to do that anymore I want to I wanted to see what it's like and kind of work on accepting my face as well and that's been really interesting to follow that process that, um, and her sharing that. That is. Um, I'm going to have to look it up because I'm so interested in this topic. And like you said, I don't think enough people are talking about it or wanting to talk about it. Maybe it's like an uncomfortable conversation. I'll send you some links. Yes, please I'll do. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have read some interesting, I have read some oh, interesting things about it. You mentioned your relationship with exercise previously had been Mm. quite strained and you spent a lot of time in the gym and working out. And, you know, through your recovery, I presume there was a period of like taking a step back from that and taking a break from it. You know, what has your relationship with movement been like um, up until this point and where are you at now with it? Yeah, so it was really hard taking a step back because I was just so consumed with it. It just became routine. Um, 
So when I had to take a step back and I had to have a long break from stepping inside a gym, I think it was like two two years probably, um, I kind of just wanted to be like, what do I enjoy? Like how do I enjoy moving my body? Um, because I thought exercise was punishment. Like I was like mm-hmm. exercise is to make you thinner, make you healthier, make you more toned. Like that's all exercise is. Like, and that was, I was so led to believe that way. And, um, but then when I took a step back, I was like, no, you know what? Like I love working out for my mental health. I love working out because it makes me feel good. My body deserves movement as well. Like my body deserves to move um, and it's a joy to move. So I started doing like small things. Like I would go for walks. I'm not a runner. I've tried. I'm not. No, I don't enjoy it. (laughs) I've really tried to. Um, I would go for walks with the dog. I picked up roller skating. I love roller skating. I haven't done it in a Um. while actually. Yeah, I love it so much. Like. Um, I would go to like a car park where there were no cars, like the top level of a car park is where you always want to go. That's a really good tip. Yeah, there's never any cars up there and I would just roller skate, listen to music, um, have it playing from my car and just skate and it was so much fun. Um, I would dance around my kitchen, just doing small things to move my body but in ways it didn't feel like exercise was really big for me. And... Uh, probably over the last year, I um, joined like group classes because I always liked exercising as a group. And when I was in the height of my ED, I was exercising as a group, but it was very competitive. And I'm a very competitive person. So now I know, you know, I would never enter a challenge or anything like that again, because like that could spike my ED. I would never Mm. weigh myself because that could spike my ED, ED. So there's things like, I know not to do now, but like I love exercising as a group. So I've been doing that um, recently, but also reminding myself, you know, it's okay not to go one day if I'm not feeling it. So I really listen to my body. I don't like, I don't force myself to go if I don't want to go. And that's been really nice because I used to force myself to go. I used to, um, but now if I'm actually like not feeling it when I wake up in the morning and I'm not feeling in the afternoon, I just won't go. I'll go for a walk or something or I'll dance around the kitchen or maybe I just, some days I just won't do anything. That's fine too. Um, but yeah, just finding things I enjoy, but also listening to my body when it's like, no, we don't want to do this and reminding myself that's okay too. I love that. When I work with people with intuitive movement and kind of use that framework with them, we talk about, well, firstly, when you were saying how you didn't go into the gym for two years and you just kind of really reevaluate what you want to do. I call that the fuck it phase. So there's like a big pendulum. It has to swing. You, I think it's really important when you're going through this process, especially in recovery as well. Like there needs to be almost like a swing in the opposite direction or for you to take step back big step backs from things that you've been doing to just to kind of neutralize where you want to be you know to to be able to get to the point where we've gone from one extreme to another extreme to then find a middle ground Mm. which works for you which it sounds exactly what you've done really rather naturally which is lovely to hear and then the idea of just listening to your body and like if I want to take a day off I'm going to take a day off and I I don't have to. I don't have to. I do this um, exercise with people where I 
give them different scenarios. And I say, in that scenario, how would you work with your body and how would you work against your body? Mm. And so the example that you gave of like, so sometimes if I'm waking up and I'm, you know, say you've had a bad night's sleep or you're just not feeling it, what would you do when you're working against your body? And I'm sure there has been many a time when you previously like just carried on, just got it done no matter what because hashtag no excuses yes. you know always got to show up <laughs> oh God, and yeah. then working with your body is going like I'm gonna actually sleep and maybe I'll see how I feel later and maybe I won't do anything today because I'm not up for it but we'll see you know yeah and it sounds like you've really naturally done that which is awesome to hear I, yeah it was I think it was hard at first like I'm I still don't really love gym settings for me personally. I just, like, I don't know, I feel kind of lost in a gym as well. Um, there's a lot going on. And I don't I don't love it, but, like, finding exercise that I do love, like the group classes, I love that. It's fun. It's community it and is. it's friendship. And yes. It's, like, it's having people there. And you know what? This is something I always say to people, because similarly, I was a gym girl through and through. Yeah. Um, I never go to the gym anymore. It's just not for me. And I think when I'm there, it's... I could go back into old habits and old ways of thinking. And like, if you're not a gym person, you don't have to be a gym person. There's so many ways to move your body. And if you found other things you enjoy, then that's fine. Like do that because, and I think especially if something's been related to an eating disorder behavior and been really strongly linked to that time in your life, it's really understandable. And I think I would not encourage people to kind of revisit that and go like, Same, yeah. you should go back to the gym. I'd be like, go try something else because it's not that movement is bad or wrong or or that your eating sort of even has a monopoly on exercise. It doesn't, but it's just, okay, clearly like for you to kind of recalibrate where you want to be, like going back there is not going to help you right now. Go do the things you really enjoy. Go build your new positive experiences, get that time doing things where it's not a punishment and you are able to listen to your body and trust your body and so maybe one day you do go back to the gym because yeah you you're like I have the tools and the resilience now to go back to the gym and do it on my terms rather than slipping back into old patterns but also if you never go back to the gym that's fine too exactly and I think it's it sounds like you're really naturally gravitating towards that and I think you doing all the things you love is like so what when I work with people what I encourage them to do you know go do the things you enjoy because of course then you actually want to do it and then it's (laughs) fun and then it's self-care and it's all those things you know exactly and I think I was so you know like hell-bent on being like oh you have to be in the gym for a minimum of an hour if you can do more great that's even better and you have to exercise for you know over an hour but now I found you know what if I go for a 15 minute walk great that's 15 minutes yeah move my body for if I've danced around the kitchen for 15 minutes excellent that's 15 minutes good I've done something good for my mental health today like I've moved my body I've done something good for my body so I think that's been really helpful and being like not feeling guilty about not moving your body as well like it's something Mm. like I've struggled with so much in the past and I maybe still have moments because, like I say, with recovery, I feel like recovery is an everyday thing. Like for me, anyway, I have to choose to recover every day as hard as it is, as much as I'm like, yes, I'm recovered from my eating disorder. But like there might still be like voices in my head one day like mm-hmm. that come to mm-hmm. me and be like, 
it might be the ED voice, but like now I don't feel guilty for taking time off. Like I was recently sick and like I would have pushed through that, the old me. But now I'm like, oh, I haven't, you know, I've just been resting. And that's great. That's what my body needed me to do. Like, and I don't feel guilty for not doing this. But like, if I can get 15 minutes of moving my body in, like getting my heart rate up, feeling good, that's great. That's a good day for me. Yeah, and you're right. You have to, it is a choice and you do have to choose it. And it sounds like you're really tuned into that, which is really important. Before we go, I have to ask you then, what has been your most recent train happy moment? Oh, like this is silly probably, but today like I saw these cookies at the shop and the old me probably wouldn't have like grabbed them, but I grabbed them and I was like, great, I'm going to eat these today and they look delicious and I'm not going to feel guilty about it because my body feels like a cookie and I'm going to eat this cookie. Um, And then I made pasta for dinner. So like I ate for joy and that's really nice sometimes. Like it's so nice eating for joy. And I feel like recently I've been more in tune with that. Like obviously nutri, like I'm thinking about the nutrients as well, but I'm just like joy, eating for joy is so good. Like, cause food's so much more than like, you know, nutrition. Just it, macronutrients. Yes. Yeah. It is love. It is joy. It is memories. And just like recently I've been cooking so much and it's just bringing me so much joy and making me happy like and I never used to like cooking but because I am now and I'm enjoying trying these different meals it just brings me so much happiness so I've tried so many different TikTok meals this week (laughs) I love that I love that that's where you get your inspiration from quick easy do that (laughs) love it oh Bella this has been such a great chat really enjoyed talking to you and I'd love you to tell everyone where they can find you follow you and just get more empowerment from you well thank you i've loved chatting to you um you can find me on instagram and my handle is isabella davis six i'm there yeah perfect (laughs) we will share that thank you so much for coming on and yeah we really appreciate it and we hope it's not too late for you no it's fine thank you for having me i've loved it But that is it for this week's episode of the Train Happy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you took something away from this episode. And if you did, please do let us know on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Train Happy Podcast. And we do want to hear from you. We want your questions. We want to hear your train happy moments. And we'd love to feature you as Train Happy Trooper of the Week. So remember, you can get in touch with us via our WhatsApp. It is 07599927537. And whatever podcast platform you're choosing to listen to us on, please rate and review. It really helps the show and it really helps spread the train happy message. And that is it for this week. I'll be back with a brand new episode for you next Monday. See you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.